0: With the NFL draft just two weeks away, let's talk about the four biggest needs for the Saints and why there's a name floating out there for people saying the Saints should trade for, and I'm going to say it's a hard no from me. All that right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Poudain Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. And this podcast is brought to you guys by the Birdsall Law Firm, the official injury lawyers of Boot Crew Media. They're lo- located at 918 Hoider Street by the Superdome, and you can give them a call at 504-523-5413 if you or someone you know has been involved in an accident. That's Birdsall Law Firm, the official injury lawyers of Boot Crew Media. So the NFL draft is, in terms of being precise, by the time you listen to this, it's about 15 days away. But in reality, we're really at that two-week mark, and it's getting exciting to the point where you start kind of theorizing and speculating about who will be the next member of the New Orleans Saints. And I know for fans, this is kind of the point in the year where you kind of pick who your guy might be, right? Uh, who your favorite prospect is, who you would love to see on the Saints team. And that's all fine and dandy. I actually think for me this year is probably one of the few seasons where I haven't had that. You know, It's not that there's not prospects that I don't like. There, there are a bunch of prospects that I think make a lot of sense for the Saints. There's just not that one guy out there that, you know, I'll bang the drum and be like, man, I'd love to see him in New Orleans. You know, for example, last year, I remember, uh, I loved the idea of Jameson Williams, albeit he was hurt. Uh, And then even guys like Chris Olave, I thought would be great. And and thankfully the Saints are able to go get Olave in the first round. That said, there are needs that I feel like, positionally speaking, that the Saints need to address in this upcoming draft. And they don't. I think those are flaws that could be exploited during the course of the regular season, and if the Saints aren't going to reach their ultimate goal, which is to make the playoffs and then see what happens from there, you'll look back and be like, man, it's because you didn't really address those flaws at the end of April when you had a chance to. Uh, So without further ado, let's go into what I believe are the four biggest needs for the New Orleans Saints, and I'm going to leave one off this list, and I'll explain why after. I think it's something that Saints fans are talking about, and I kind of think that it's a little bit overblown right now, and I'll get to it, and I'll explain in just a minute. So let's start off with number four on this list. Uh, And you guys might be surprised by it, but I'm going to stick with my guns here. I'm going to put linebacker. I think linebacker is a sneaky position of need for the Saints in the sense that you lost Caden Ellis. I thought it was a big loss. I know he technically, in theory, got overpaid by the Falcons because they paid him as one of the 20 highest paid linebackers in all football right now. And, And I could see from that standard, yeah, maybe that seems like an overpay to some, but I think Caden Ellis was highly versatile, really productive towards the end of the season. So you lose him. And while DeMario Davis and Pete Werner, as your week one starters on paper, it's great, there is always a concern that at a physical position at linebacker, what happens if one of them goes down? Who steps in? Um, you know, and, and yes, guys like Andrew Dowell could surprise us. And that could very well be the case. But for New Orleans, you also should be planning for tomorrow, not just for today. And I think with DeMario Davis, he did decline a little bit last year. And while he's still a good player you know that the end is in sight in terms of his best years. They're gone now, and it doesn't hurt to go out. And maybe in round two, maybe in round three, go attack that position and get a young guy in there that can work his way up and maybe he'll form a dynamic duo with Pete Werner at some point. So number four, that's going to be my need there. Number three, I'm going to go with offensive guard. Uh, I was thinking about putting that in two. I very well could put it at two. I think two and three are interchangeable for me. But let's go offensive guard. And I think the main reason for offensive guard is it's a really dire need post-2023. What do I mean by that? Well, let's start off with Andrews Pete. Andrews Pete will be a free agent after this season's over. Now, I know some of you guys just listen to that and you go, thank God he's out of here after 2023. And I get the frustration, trust me. I'm not sitting here crying about whether or not Pete leaves in 20, uh, after 2023 season. But that would be one starter, in theory, off the team. But it's not just him. Cesar Ruiz, who on the flip side actually had a really good season in 2022 and showed us that he could be an impact player for the New Orleans Saints, his fifth year has not yet been exercised by the Saints, and I would make the argument that it shouldn't because it should go one of two ways for the Saints: it should be you don't exercise it, he doesn't look great, and you either keep him for a cheap deal or you let him walk elsewhere, or He does play well. You say that's back-to-back seasons of him playing good football, and you think that that's the player he is, not the player you saw the first two years, and you sign him to an extension on terms that you would like, where the salary cap number isn't bad, where you can kind of dictate the contract any way you may want. So, Saints could exercise a fifth-year option. I just kind of think it makes sense if they don't right now. So, you have two offensive guards that could not, they might not be here next year, if we're being honest about it. And that means you need some help at that position. So, for the Saints... I'll just put it bluntly and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if we look into this draft and all of a sudden the saints end up picking Osiris Torrance with the, you know, 29th pick, I'm not going to hate on it because it is a position to need. And I also think at the same time, it would be pretty good value for them. So again, not saying that's what I desperately want the saints to do, but I do think that they got to get better at that position and also think about the future. So offensive guard at number three could have very well been number two, number two for me, I'm going to go running back. Now, some of you might be like, Chris, they signed Jamal Williams, haven't you heard? And I have heard, and I was pretty excited about that signing. They have to still add another back to that position group. Let's not forget that Alvin Kamara could very well miss six games, eight games, whatever suspension the NFL might feel is necessary to hand out to him. And if that were to happen, it's Jamal Williams and who else? Do you trust Dino Benjamin? I can't say I trust him yet. Could very well be the guy, but I don't trust him yet. He's barely done anything in a Saints uniform. And also, let's not forget, gone from the Cardinals, even though he was playing well, and then the Texans got rid of him quickly. Teams don't just magically get, a, uh, get rid of the guy on two different squads. I, I just think that there's something there other than football reasons. So you can't trust Eno yet. Now, maybe he does become it. That would be great for the Saints in terms of asset management. But either way, go out there and get a running back that you think can give you that depth and give you that burst that you're going to need when Alvin's not there. Could be TyJ Spears uh, from Tulane. Obviously, I know that people like Evans from Ole Miss, uh, the TCU running back, I believe Miller, another player that people have linked to the Saints. I don't really, I'm not going to be picky about the option here. I think for the Saints, there's a lot of running backs that you get at the end of day two, early day three that could make an impact this upcoming season. So get another running back in there because the worst thing for this Saints team is they don't get another running back and you start off the season and it's Jamal Williams and who? You don't want that. Now, Alvin and Jamal Williams, absolutely. I think that is the type of pairing that the Saints can lean on and win a lot of games because they're leaning on the ground game. But again, it's not a perfect scenario. The Saints probably aren't going to have Alvin for all 17 games. Go get another back in there. That's why I put running back at number two. But number one, and I'm lumping them in together, defensive end and defensive tackle just to form defensive line. I can't stress it enough. People who think the Saints' defensive line is set and ready to go, you're out of your mind. You're you're just out of your mind because if you look at this roster right now, you overhaul the defensive tackles, bringing in Shepard, bringing in Saunders. Okay, sounds great, but we don't know what they're going to be in Dennis Allen's system. We know that Cam Jordan's a ball player that's going to step up and he'll probably be healthy for almost every single game, and he's going to produce, and he's going to be a good run defender. But who's across from him? Carl Granderson? All right, I mean, that's... A situational guy who did step up at the end of last year, but that isn't your defensive end starting caliber guy for 17 games that you love. How about to know Passanio? Another guy interchangeable with defensive line. Can you play him in the interior? I liked, I really like Passanio, but again, role player, not a, a full time starter, in my opinion. And then Peyton Turner. I don't know what Peyton Turner is. I don't. I know he's a former first round pick. That's all I know. I think there's potential there. I think that there's talent there. And I think there's skill there. Like, I don't think this is one of those guys that's just so raw that you don't know if ever pan out. I-, I think there is skill to Peyton Turner. But is there luck? And by that, I mean, can he stay on the field? I mean, the guy got injured after trying to get out of a pile up on a big play that he made. Like, that's just shit luck. That's all I could put it for him. So I do think there's options at defensive end, right? But do you trust any of them? To be a full-time starter? Absolutely not. So I think the Saints need to get better at defensive end. But defensive tackle, too. You're bringing in two new guys. Out goes Sh- Shai Tuttle. Out goes David Onyemata. In comes Colin Saunders. In comes Nathan Shepard. And now you have to decide if you upgraded at defensive tackle, stayed the same, or got worse. Either way, I thought defensive tackle was going to be positioned to need coming into this draft. So what do you say now when you have new faces in a new place? I just don't know. I really don't. I really, really don't. So to kind of put it into perspective for me, linebacker, offensive guard, running back, defensive line, those are the four needs that I think are there for the Saints. Now, you might be asking, what about wide receiver, Chris? Don't you want to see Jackson Smith and Jigba on the New Orleans Saints? And yes, in a perfect world, in La La Land, yes, I would love to see JSN lined up with Michael Thomas, lined up with Chris Olave, lined up with Rashid Shaheed. That sounds absolutely amazing. But let me say this about wide receiver and why I think people who want a wide receiver in the first round are really underestimating what they have at the current position and overestimating what they have at other positions. If Michael Thomas goes down again, the Saints still have Chris Olave, who I believe is a wide rec- going to be a wide receiver one, almost one rookie of the year, despite having okay quarterback play at best, and should get even better in year two. And behind him is Rashid Shahid, who almost had 500 receiving yards, despite not really becoming a full-time starter for this team until November. And he played great in December and played great in January. And every game, he looked like he was improving. How about that kid? I think he deserves some credit. Now, after him, it's not great, right? Brian Edwards, Kirk Merritt, I get that. But let's go look at the defensive end. What happens if Cam Jordan goes down? You are looking at Carl Granderson and Peyton Turner as your starting defensive end. Do you want that? Not so sure about that. How about linebacker? If one of Pete Werner or DeMario Davis goes down, you are looking at maybe Andrew Dowell starting at linebacker. You are looking at them maybe shuffling around and saying, all right, do we throw Zach Bond in there? Do we throw in DeMarco Jackson, the former rookie out of uh, App State? These are like all unknowns. Whereas for the Saints, it's like, yes, if Michael Thomas goes down, That stinks but I know that Brian Edwards is a football player. I know that Chris Olave has loads of potential. I know that Rashid Shaheed has the speed to really be a threat in the Saints offense, especially now that you got Derek Carr, who's going to throw the deep ball way more than Andy Dalton ever did. And even if, let's say, you don't go receiver, still got Jawan Johnson at tight end, who's a receiver trans, uh, transitioned into that position. You got Taysom Hill, who's just an overall really versatile ball player. You still have Troutman. Big Fish is not an elite pass catcher, but you you have a comfortability there with him. And that's like the eighth guy that you're going to go down the list for even if you lose a guy at wide receiver. Whereas at defensive line, whereas at offensive line, all of a sudden you're, you're going, man, this is such a flaw that this thing could really get exposed by teams every single Sunday. So that's why for me, I'm not screaming and yelling. Well, I am screaming and yelling, but I'm not screaming and yelling that the Saints should go after JSN. Because it sounds great. I think it would be fun as all hell. But man, they don't need it. They don't need it. I think it would be bad asset management. And I said this before and I'll say it again. The Saints made a lot of moves to win this year. They go into this year and they don't have enough firepower on defense. When they have a defensive-minded head coach, they're dead in the water. They're absolutely dead in the water. Because then you're banking on Pete Carmichael and Derek Carr to save the ship from sinking. And I don't know if that's going to happen. I just don't. So... Invest in the defense for the love of God. You have Dennis Allen as your head coach. He's a defensive minded coach. Make sure he's got the firepower out there. And that's why I'm going to continue to feel this way about those spots. Now, before I wrap things up, I want to talk about Devin white. Yes. The bucks linebacker pro bowl talent. No doubt about it. He has the skills to be one of those guys that every Sunday you turn on the TV. You can't wait to see how Devin white plays. Now, Rumor was he wants out. He wants to get traded. Wasn't happy with his contract demands. And that brought on the question on Saints Twitter, should the Saints trade for Devin White? No. No, no, absolutely not. This has nothing to do with Bucks bias. This has nothing to do with being mad about Devin White, you know, injuring Jameis Winston. It's irrelevant. All those things are irrelevant to me. It's what I said earlier in the show. And I'm going to say for a lot of times this season, if the Saints don't do the right thing, asset management. The Saints should not be trading draft picks to acquire young talent on good contracts that are reasonable salaries that could mold into players that fit their vision. For Devin White, who wants a big contract, is coming off a terrible season. Don't look at the numbers and get confused. He had a terrible season. And frankly, you have the linebacker that you might want to pay in a year or two years from now. And Pete Werner, if Pete Werner starts all 17 games next year, you're all going to be talking about how much are we going to have to pay him? That's what you're going to be talking about. But you can't do that if you go out and pay Devin White, who may not be the perfect system fit for the Saints, who may not be the type of linebacker you want to give $20 million to. I would give $20 million plus to Fred Werner and I wouldn't bat an eye. If I give $20 million to Devin White, I don't know what Devin White I'm getting every Sunday because his game is not as perfect as some people think it is. This doesn't mean I don't think Devin White's a good football player. I don't think the Bucs make their Super Bowl run without Devin White. I thought he was a turnover-forcing machine during the 2020 season. I give him so much credit for that. But don't go type in Devin White's stats on Google, see that he had 100-plus tackles, 5-plus sacks, and be like, Chris, you don't know what you're saying. He's a great football player. He is a good football player, but he's so inconsistent. And there's no way in hell the Saints should be trading a premium pick to a rival who wouldn't trade him there anyway. But even if they wanted to, would say, you're going to have to pay a premium uh, price for him because it's in the division. And then all of a sudden, you have Devin White and what? First off, where the hell is he playing next season with DeMario and Pete Werner there? Second, you would probably give up one of the picks that you need to address defensive line or offensive line or running back or tight end or linebacker. Where does that go? So sometimes, guys, when these players become available, don't just jump out and say, yes, the Saints should acquire him. Don't. It's not worth it because this guy is not in the Saints' eyes right now and their vision, what they're building. He makes zero sense for them. Zero. Just like DeAndre Hopkins, no offense, guys, makes zero sense for the Saints. Asset management. How much do they cost? What does it cost to acquire them? What does it fit in the salary book? What do I got to pay him after this season? There's levels to all this. And I don't think Devin White makes any sense for the Saints. And I apologize if it seems like I'm being anti-Devin White. I think he's a good football player. I think he deserves an extension. But it shouldn't be from the Saints. And he is not one of the three best linebackers in football. I'm sorry, LSU fans. It's the truth. Sorry. he's just not. So that's where I leave it with the Devin White thing. May get a little animated about it. I apologize. But, man, it it would be the dumbest thing for this team. Dumbest thing. If they were there and the good thing is it's not going to happen. So I don't know why I'm worrying about it anyway. Now, before I wrap it up, one more thing I want to say, and this goes back to the draft. There's going to be a lot of talk about whether or not the saints should trade up. Whatever I say, isn't going to stop this team. If they like someone, they're going to trade up every year. We're watching the draft. They say the saints trade up and then we got to sit there, do our prayers and hope they didn't draft someone that they're going to regret in two years, three years time. Cough, cough, Marcus Davenport. This year should be, really the exception to the rule where you say, man, I really don't want them to trade up because I don't see any of the defensive linemen that probably will become available worth them moving assets for. And I really think if the Saints are going to be a contender in 2023, they're going to need a day one guy at 29 that's going to make a difference and a player at pick 40 that's going to make a difference. And remember this past season, the Saints got Chris Olave in the first round to make a difference for them. And they got Elante Taylor in the second round to make a difference for them. And that's not counting Trevor Penning, who they also drafted first round, didn't really get to make a difference due to injuries. If the Saints can get another two starters and add them to this team, let's say one at D-line, and let's go either one at running back or one at at tight end or one at O-line, I would be be great with that. I think the Saints got to get better in the trenches anyway. So if they can add another guard, get better at O-line, and get better at defensive line, or hell, double up at defensive line, I think that suits them way better than trading up into the teens to get maybe Lucas Van Ness, who I do admittedly like, but I'm not so certain he is going to be a day one immediate impact player. That would concern me. So again, no matter what I say here, doesn't affect it. If the Saints like someone, they're going to throw caution to the wind and go out and get that guy because he's their guy. But this draft, outside of the top 10, is outside of the guys like Wilson and obviously uh, Carter and some other premier pass rushers out there. I don't look at this this draft class and think to myself, man, there's a guy that you got to really sell the farm for. I just don't. I don't. I don't think Miles Murphy's the type of guy that I'm trading pick 40 and pick 70-something, and I'm getting Murphy. I don't. Now, if the Saints do it, we'll evaluate him. We'll see what he brings to the table. But I would be fine with them sitting at 29, getting Kalijah Kansi, or getting maybe Brian uh, Brisee, and then maybe seeing what they do at 40. That's just where I'm at with it. But again... We'll see what happens. No matter what I say here, it's not going to stop the Saints and deviate them away from their plan, but it's worth me just throwing my two cents out there because, hey, might as well. What do I got to lose here? But anyway, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. As always, if you have any comments, have any questions, want me to answer some stuff, put in the YouTube uh, replies below. I will get to them. Uh, Let me know your thoughts about anything. The Devin White thing, positional needs for the Saints, any prospects that you have your eye on that you think would be a good fit for New Orleans. Let me know. Uh, And as always, guys, stay tuned for more content here on the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation.